Hey, everybody, it's Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Today's a solo episode. Um, I figured after last week's extra long, I don't have any producers, I don't care how long this is, episode with Mindy, which, by the way, some true homies have already listened to the whole thing or watched the whole thing on YouTube. And to you, I salute you. Um, the obsession with the Creech universe is pretty much... Uh, unfurling with everyone we're talking or I've been talking to about it. Um, I love it so much. I love Mindy as an artist. It really inspires me to keep creating and to really focus on my body of work rather than just like, um, oh, this one thing I'm doing today, right? Just remembering that as an artist, you're always creating and what you create over your lifetime becomes your body of work. Prince Rogers Nelson, you've probably heard of him, uh, talked a lot about his body of work, especially around his conflict with his record company. Um, and sort of releasing that, those bonds, right? Like the creating for somebody else to own it. Like he was really stoked about owning his body of work and what his body of work looked like. And I have to say, I'm super grateful because as a person who really loves Prince and wants to be influenced by Prince and who really believes that even after peace, people pass to the beyond, you can continue to have a relationship and curate a relationship with that person uh, because they leave behind things, right? And so Prince left a body of work that I'm still discovering. There's still I just re-listened to Paisley Park, the song, um, with fresh ears, right? And watching the video, um, the like, there's an actual music video for Paisley Park. It's very psychedelic. But if you look at it, it really honestly is like the connection, love is the answer message that's kind of in a lot of his work, uh, but really like comes together in that one um, specific music video. Anyway, body of work, right? Thinking about that. So today I want to talk about something that's actually really important. Um, and I'm so excited. This is episode 111. Uh, I love a triple number. I feel it's very auspicious. Um, and I want to talk about how to create your own list of your personal values. Uh, this is something I originally learned about, like the concept of when I was in recovery, when I was working the Al-Anon program. And Al-Anon is a 12-step program for family and friends of alcoholics. If anyone, if you've been affected by the disease of alcoholism in anyone's life, you qualify, right? Um, it was really, really helpful for me. Um, I was really active in it for about seven years. And, um, and then kind of, I do other things now that, that give me what I got in recovery, but help me like with more, I'll say this more aggressive personal growth. Like I feel like I grew a lot in recovery and then I just needed more and, um, elevated and I'm very satisfied <laughs> with what I'm working on now. Um, okay. So values are, uh, one of those things that people kind of throw around a lot, but very few people are actually living out their values. And one of the things um, that I've learned a lot in my leadership studies is how essential values are to really understanding if you have symbiosis with other people in terms of deciding hiring decisions or partnership decisions. Um, and thinking about that, too, there's actually um, two big business uh, decisions I've made in terms of uh, working with organizations um, that were based on values. I'm going to use the Glowing Goddess Getaway as my example. Um, I, my first glowing goddess getaway that I went to, it's a women's self-care cannabis retreat. I was hired to come teach an aerobics class. I had never heard of it. Um, a friend of mine recommended my friend, Ashley Manta. She's been on the show. You know her, um, the canisexual. She recommended that I, uh, go to this women's week camp. And honestly, it was like 
a big moment for me to decide to go to the glowing goddess getaway because that meant I was really outing myself as a cannabis user because before then I had actually not really talked about it on social media at all. And now I'm like super out about it. So I'm really grateful I had that experience. Um, but when I walked in, uh, Deidre in the first opening session, Deidre laid out the five high standards for the glowing goddess getaway, which are in a specific order, self-love, uh, empathy, uh, wait, it's in a specific order and I'm not even remembering the right order. So it's self-love, empathy, uh, mindfulness, good fun, and inclusivity. Oh my God. I can't believe I forgot that one. Um, and inclusivity, I think is second. Anyway, um, I like was like hearing her talk about these values and I was like, I'm in like, absolutely. I agree with all of these things. This is so great. Like, and also like, I'll say this is in my personal history. I spent several years really devoted to, um, an organization that was ultimately one woman's business, uh, that did not have stated organizational values. Um, and, they did not include inclusivity. I'll say that. And I kept trying to get them to change and they wouldn't change and it wasn't changing. And I kind of recognized the futility of my actions and decided to remove my energy from that after being a participant and working for 14 years with this organization. So it's really kind of amazing when an organization has done the work to come up with core values, it really does help to figure out like who, like, should I invest my time into this place? And that's the kind of thing that like you only learn through pain, honestly, or if you listen to someone else's wisdom and apply it to your life. A lot of what I share on this podcast is just so that you can go places faster than I went, right? Like I really have learned a lot from people um, being wise and teaching me what they did. Like, for example, my mom got a speeding ticket when she first moved up here. Um, and she told me, she's like, just don't ever go above the speed limit. Cause they will totally pull you over. So I have literally, I don't go over the speed limit here, but I hear frequently from my neighbors about people getting speeding tickets. Right. And so I don't need to go through that pain to have learned that lesson vicariously. I feel like at 42 years old, I'm really into having learned the lessons I've learned. Um, and don't love to repeat lessons. Um, I will also confess that last Friday I ate cinnamon toast crunch. Uh, someone had left a box in our like mutual lobby where our mail goes, um, here. And I surely someone was going gluten-free or something. Um, there was a bunch of stuff, but I hadn't had cinnamon toast crunch in so long. And I was like, Oh, it won't hurt my, it'll be fine. Uh, it totally hurt my tummy for three days. Like I know better than to eat gluten or sugar in that amount, right? Like in that super processed way, like, and my tummy is just the arbiter <laughs> of what I get to do. Um, and sometimes I only learn these lessons through pain, right? So, you know, what sometimes people can only learn through pain is a, a, a saying I heard from somebody's dad once, and it really was like, um, some people only understand the language of pain is what he said. And that lands for me all the time. And I try not to be that person. Um, anyway, my, knowing my values really helps me avoid some pain. And I'll tell you why. Um, the other day I was in the grocery store. I shop at our local food co-op, which I have to say it's, isn't it really cool that like the local store that is the way that I can spend my money the most locally that has the biggest effect, um, on my community is also the greatest food co-op I've ever been to. I've been to food co-ops in Brooklyn, in Los Angeles, in like tons of towns. I love to visit a food co-op, but this one is the, the 
best organized, the best put together, really good pricing. Uh, and the membership is not complicated, nor is it expensive. Um, and so, and it's not, it's, you don't have to be a member in order to shop there, which is also easy. Um, they have an amazing bulk section with like tons of stuff. And I have to say single use plastic is really bad for the environment. It's not like a primary area of concern for me in terms of like my, the things that globally upset me. Right. But it's something I'm certainly trying to do less of. They incentivize us to bring our own jars and bags um, to the tune of eight cents per jar. So if I bring my own jar to fill up like my Bragg's liquid aminos, it's my, it's not soy and it's not gluten, but it gives you that same kind of salty fermented taste. Um, I fill that up. I fill up a 16 ounce jar. I save eight cents. And then ultimately like I'm paying, I think I, I figured out that I'm paying, I'm like saving 68 cents on a new bottle of Bragg's, right? Versus, and why waste, right? Like I already have a Bragg's bottle at home and I can just keep refilling it. It's so cool. Anyway, I love that they have that availability and it has taken me a lot of organization and prep to be the kind of person that brings jars to the co-op, right? Like you have to think ahead in order to do all this stuff. So like it's taken me months to kind of, or years really, I've been shopping there for almost two years now. Um, it's to figure that out that I could bring my own jars to figure out like what it takes and like how to weigh it. And like, now I have a little system and I know how to do it, but I brought all my jars up to get checked out at the register a couple weeks ago. And the woman, um, who was checking me out was like, I really admire how much, how prepared you are for this shopping trip and how like, you know, all of this. And like, it, I don't know, it was just something like, she was really edifying my, um, my grocery order. And it like was such a compliment to me because this is me really walking the walk, like living out my values. Um, and when you live in alignment with your values, the more and more you're able to do it, the, I think the happier you get, like, I certainly feel happier when I'm more in alignment with my values. Um, I will also say it's a lot easier to be in alignment with my values right now because I live a very simple life, right? Like I live by myself. I shop my values because I shop local. I'm really, really trying to be totally divested from Amazon. I've kind of given up on divesting from Amazon with Audible because Amazon bought Audible, so they own it. Um, and Audible is like, a, you know, it's like the easiest way for me to have audiobooks. So that's my last little thing to get divested from Amazon. But I really don't like what they do, like how they treat their workers or what they do with our profits. Like Jeff Bezos could literally solve homelessness. He could solve the clean water crisis and still have more money he, than he did at the beginning of the pandemic. And yet he chooses to spend his money on a 10 minute flight through space. That's fine for him. I He can live in alignment with his values and live his life, but I'm not going to support it. So working to figure out how to be in alignment with my values with everything I spend um, has been a challenge, but like kind of a worthwhile endeavor, especially in the pandemic, as I've been able to focus more on that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I wanted to talk about like how you can figure out what your values are and what your personal values are. Um, I learned about this in recovery. And I just want to say, like, I pointed out that I learned about this many years ago because I didn't even really implement it until, probably two and a half years ago. So I had heard about, oh, you should create a list of personal values. It's a really good idea. And you should prioritize that list of values. I even like, 
I think it was in the book Paths to Recovery. It's a beige book um, from Al-Anon. I'm pretty sure I remember reading it. I remember thinking, oh, this would be a really good idea to like follow up on do this. And I remember not ever going back to doing it. Uh, but you read enough leadership books, you hear enough seminars about personal values, and you're like, got it, got it. I'm going to do it. Um, and so I came up with the list of my personal values that like, and here's the thing. I'm a, a recovering perfectionist. I'm a Capricorn with a Virgo rising. Like I'm an intense and a Scorpio moon. I am so intense. Um, and I can definitely be the kind of person that um, puts off doing something because I'm not going to get it right the first time. Um, and I'm really working on releasing that and just letting things be messy and letting it not all be together. And I want to tell you this too, like as I was just reviewing my values, um, my personal values before this episode, I, um, I am still like not sure of the order of a couple of them, but who cares, right? Like I have a pretty great framework even if I, it's not totally finished yet, right? Um, and so I just want to say that. And I also want to refer you back to episode 96 with my friend Colin Bedell. We talked about values at length. And that's a good one to also reference. So Colin really believes in a paradigm of values where you set up two that are kind of oppositional so that you can create ultimate harmony between just those two. And when you keep it to a list of like, two or up to five, it really does help you sharpen um, and prioritize. I have a list of eight because I'm extra and that's just part of my values too. <laughs> um, but I also know some really cool people who have a list of 20 um, and I actually really love all of their values and kind of agree with them too. So it really depends on like what works for you, right? And the values that you have now might not be the values you have in 10 years. And that's also part of living, right? And lifing and having experience in what Abraham Hicks calls contrast, right? In life where you find those things, oh, like I actually don't really like this. I thought I did, right? Um, okay, so I wanted to tell you uh, what my values are specifically and talk through them um, as an example, because that to me was the easiest way for me to figure out what my values was just hear other people talk through their values and then resonate and like kind of figure out what works there. Um, but then I also have a resource to share with you too. Um, so uh, this, okay, so my personal values start with number one, my relationship with God. Um, some people say the word faith. Some people would say a religion. For me, it is definitely the action of relationship with God that's important. My relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. It's my centering force um, and surrendering my relationship to God, like meaning like surrendering my life to God as like, basically shit got so hard for me in my life that I had to just really release control and understand I'm on when I trust God, life is so much better than when I'm trying to be in control of stuff and create specific outcomes. Living with uncertainty for me has been a practice since like 2019. My whole life, like my whole life bottomed out. You can go back to the beginning of this podcast and hear all about it. Um, and I really like surrendered that year. And so to me, my relationship with God is super important to me. I know that it is what makes me happiest is when I'm relating and connecting with God and being in the present moment and curating that relationship. So, um, so a lot of my like daily habits revolve around cultivating and nourishing and nurturing this relationship. I also really like creating and I like being a creative being and all of my best creations come when I'm in that flow state connected with God. Or some people call it universal life consciousness. I don't care what you call it. That's what I call it. I, I would also say my relationship with the goddess, because that's how I like to kind of frame it, is in the divine feminine. But I believe God is a non-gendered 
um, energy force and not necessarily like an old man in the sky. Um, number two value, self-care slash self-love. Self-care is an activity. Self-love is a practice and they are both super important. And I just put them together because it's important. Um, they, I think, support my relationship with God and they support everything else I do. I, I serve from a full cup, right? I serve from my overflow. So if my self-care game is low, everything else in my life suffers. So I put it up there because it is just so important. Self-care, self-love includes my health. Um, and my health includes my mental health, my physical health, my spiritual health, um, and my emotional health. And I really like connect intentionally with all of those pieces of my health every single day. Um, number three on my values are my friends and family, the relationships that make up my life. I think our relationships are the most important thing um, we have in this world. Um, and I really prioritize them. And that's why they're so high up in my values. I will also say too, um, in addition to defining your own personal values, you also really want to define what does success mean for you. Um, and I spent so many years chasing other people's ideas for success. And now I'm like very clear about what success means to me as someone who has had um, marriage type relationships, I'll say. I've, oh, and also I've been engaged twice, never talked about my values with either of those partners. I cannot believe I was making a forever decision and not clear on that person's values. But we always do the best we can with what we have. Um, but having been in those long-term relationships, I know how essential it is to have a good marriage relationship. And so to me, like success is a good marriage uh, and a harmonious family. And harmonious family doesn't necessarily mean everyone has to agree. It's just everyone is creating, is seeking harmony, right? Or you're seeking harmony within those relationships. And sometimes harmony in relationships means boundaries, right? But to me, it's important. So I put my friends and family up there. Um, and also, of course, like you have to understand like within each sort of category, what's more important, right? Like a casual friend is not going to be as prioritized as like my own children, right? So it's just figuring that out and figuring out what your priorities are and how um, you align them. Okay. Number, okay. This is where things get murky, which where, where is this going to go? And we're going to try number four being fun. Um, fun as a value is something I added this year. Um, it came after I started really studying the Grateful Dead and studying Jerry Garcia and his connection to fun. Um, and really honestly, like the happiest people I know, know how to make things fun for themselves. And I think fun is super important. I'd like to have fun. I like to bring the party. Uh, my name is Bevan's party on Instagram because I love the party vibe. Part of my walk in the woods every day is really getting me to my party vibe. Like I truly can energetically feel while I'm walking in the woods the same way I used to feel when I was walking through a party in New York City when I was working in nightlife. Like it's it's there's just like an energy to it and a vibe. And it's so cool that I'm able to get into that fun vibe without other people, right? Like to be able to do it alone where I used to really rely on other people for that. So um, also I like to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. So I like to bring the energy that I want to bring uh, rather than as an empath. It's so easy to just like roll into how everyone else is feeling and be um, kind of affected in your day to day by how other people feel. This is another thing I learned in recovery is that um, just because my partner's having a bad day doesn't mean I have to have a bad day. That is some really good detachment work, some good boundaries work, um, and it's worth it. So for me, fun, like having that fun vibe is important. Um, I also really like fun jai. <laughs> 
which, you know, there's fun right in the name. Okay. Um, next after fun is impact. My impact on the world super matters to me. I really care about like how my life is going to affect humanity as a whole. I don't know that that many people think about that, but I sure do, especially in this like pandemic where I've had all this like time to like sit back and ponder uh, the world and what's going on. And just thinking about like, how do I affect humanity? Like I also just straight up in my, um, my own personal COVID protocols, part of why, like I'm vaccinated, but I don't go out and do anything without a mask or like, um, try to, I'm actively socially distanced. Cause I don't want COVID to come through my lungs. I don't want to be the reason someone's five-year-old dies. Some other people can be fine with their lungs being a pass through, but it's science. It's the way the virus works, right? So my impact on the world matters to me so much that it affects my behavior. Um, it also matters to me to be of service and to be someone who makes the world better. Um, and that might not be important to you, but it sure is to me. But it's not more important to me than my sense of fun. It's not more important to me than like my friends and family, right? Like, um, it's not more important to me than self-care sure isn't right. Um, so, right. So thinking about that, um, uh, my impact on the world and, you know, I want to, I want to do things that matter. And so, yeah, anyway, uh, number five or six on my list is freedom. Uh, and I think about freedom in terms of like civil liberties. Like I want, you know, I really believe in like free enterprise, like the ability to own my own business is such an incredible freedom that is not available in a lot of countries. That is very unique. Um, I also really love freedom, uh, like meaning equality for all. Like I genuinely believe everyone should have the right to live a happy, successful life, whether or not they choose to is their choice, but I think everyone should get that shot. Um, and resources aren't evenly distributed. I don't think that's right. Right. And I think that impinges on people's freedoms because they don't have the same resources. Um, I also, um, you know, I just, I like to be, I'm kind of a free spirit in general. And so for me, like, I don't, I never liked having a boss. I never liked having someone tell me what I had to do with my time, um, or boss me around. Um, but also I recognize there's a lot of freedom in discipline, and self-discipline specifically, right? Like when I set aside, um, when I take free time because I'm procrastinating for something, I'm not enjoying it the way I do when I have set aside time, this is my time to chill out, right? And then I'm going to get this, or maybe I got the thing done already, right? And so I can chill, right? So really just thinking about like how I'm creating my time and am I feeling free with what I'm doing? So really thinking about freedom in like this holistic way. Um, experiences are important to me. Um, I love to have experiences. I could, you could also call this adventures, right? But like, I just kind of like experiences because I don't need things to feel like an adventure, right? I, I like to go new places. I like to have fun adventures, but like, you know, I like to just experiences, right? Like a great meal with friends. That's an experience. Um, I like every, and I'll say this, I think part of my, um, the way I deal with food, I love food. I think it's delicious. And I think every meal should get to be delicious. And uh, that to me is an experience, right? Um, and then after that is luxuries. I love luxury. And I like treating things like luxury, like tea. Tea is one of my favorite affordable luxuries. Salt. Salt is a great affordable luxury. Um, Maldon salt. Uh, it's like this flaky salt. It's expensive for salt, but it's not that it's like, you know, 10 bucks a box. Uh, but it like elevates everything you put it on. Like grill some asparagus, throw some Maldon on there. Oh, crunchy, flaky salt. Yum. Um, but yeah, just like, and, and, and part of luxuries is 
being in the experience of the luxury, right? Like not just, um, oh, I want this. I don't know. I don't care about labels. So I don't care about Gucci bags. But like if I wanted a Gucci bag, it would be only because I wanted something of that quality that looked like whatever that bag was. Right. And so um, like and also I like things that last because again, we're talking about single use plastic. We're talking about our impact on the world. We're talking about fast fashion and how toxic and terrible that is for the environment. Right. So just really thinking about all of that. I also really love, I'll say this, this kind of goes along with my values. I'd love to shop secondhand um, because I think the fashion industry is so toxic. I don't want them to have any of my dollars. And so shopping secondhand means your dollars are going to someone else, right? Like usually someone who needs the money uh, to run their small business that's a secondhand store or because um, when you're supporting a small business, you're supporting a family, like feeding a family versus uh, supporting a big box store or a fashion chain and you're supporting shareholders, right? Um, anyway, so those are my my stated values. But again, like there's other things that are important to me, like integrity is really important to me and like good character is important to me. A sense of peace is important to me, but I could kind of argue that all of those things kind of are held within my other values. Um, there is, uh, so James Clear wrote the book Atomic Habits. I love that book. Could not recommend it enough. Uh, I believe I've already talked about it at length in a podcast episode. Um, but he has a great core values list on his website. Um, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Um, but basically, uh, among this list, he writes authenticity, achievement, adventure, authority, autonomy, balance, beauty, boldness, compassion, challenge, citizenship, community, competency, contribution, creativity, curiosity, determination, fairness, faith, fame, friendships, fun, growth, happiness, honesty, humor, influence, inner harmony, justice, kindness, knowledge, leadership, learning, love, loyalty, meaningful work, openness, optimism, peace, pleasure, poise, popularity, recognition, religion, reputation, respect, responsibility, security, self-respect, service, spirituality, stability, success, status, trustworthiness, wealth, and wisdom. And again, like, that's just a list of possibilities. There's still way more than just what I've gone through. But I think it's just important to really think about this stuff and really like I'll I challenge you to just sit down and write something like write out what like go. You can go to that link in the show notes. You could just go back through my list and like write down what's coming up for you. Um, but really think about what you value and how like you can make that a list and then get into it and prioritize it. And figure out how you can be living more and more in alignment with your values. Like, again, I'm not like 100% there, but I'm pretty good. And like, it also has helped me so much in terms of decision making. Because a lot of life is figuring out what you don't want. Um, Oprah says that's the whole job of your 20s is to have jobs you don't like. So you figure out how you don't want to live. So you know how you do want to live, right? Um, Abraham Hicks talks about contrast, right? And figuring out like what you don't want. So you figure out what you do want. Um, and... Another thing I learned recently on an Abraham Hicks talk is like thinking about life and just really only doing the things that are an absolute 
fuck yes. She did not use the word fuck. Um, but like, think about your fuck yeses, right? That's really your values. Um, it's like how you want to live in this super aligned life. We are, we have a culture of busyness, a culture of like, oh, you got to do everything. That's not true. You don't have to do everything. Figure out what's most important and prioritize that and focus on that. And that's how you're going to find a life worth living. And that's what I want for you. I want you to have a life worth living that is in alignment with your values that are specific to the unique one and only you. Um, I hope this was helpful for you. I hope that you um, actually really do this. Um, I love you so much. Thanks for tuning into my podcast. Uh, And of course, the best way to support my podcast is through my Patreon page, patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash F-K-D-P, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party. And that includes so much value. Um, all of my Zoom aerobics classes are available starting at two bucks a month. Fat Kid Dance Party is an aerobics class for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. So if you've ever been called too much, too fat, or felt too awkward to dance, mine is the supportive class for you. Um, I love to create this class. I have a full membership at 25 bucks a month. It's less than the cost of one Soul Cycle class. It includes all those Zoom aerobics classes plus uh, on-demand classes that I film just for that membership. Uh, there's always a 10 minute, a 20 minute, two 55 minute classes, a chair aerobics class and a can size class, which is a slower, more repetitive choreography for use with an optional cannabis experience. Um, I super love getting to create that. Um, and it truly is that $25 a month membership is the sustaining membership. Um, there's also a level where you can get a self care box from me, um, every three months. Um, but, patreon.com slash fkdp. I feel so grateful for my Patreon supporters out there for helping me create this work, for helping me make this podcast a thing, for helping me with my blog. I've been blogging more frequently at queerfatfem.com if you want to tune in there. Um, But I super appreciate you listening to this podcast, subscribing, leaving a little nice uh, note on your subscription app to encourage other people to listen. Um, And I hope you have an amazing day. And email me when you do your values list. Tell me how it's going. Fatkiddanceparty at gmail.com. Okay. I've said I love you a million times and I mean it, mean it, mean it. Oh my God. It's a PS. It's a PS. I hate forgetting stuff in the episodes and I rarely pop back in and do a PS, but I had to because I'd been thinking about this episode for forever. And the fact that I forgot to say this was driving me nuts last night. Okay. So the reason why I talked about why a good marriage is part of my success matrix in life is that when you think about your values, this is another really important reason to get your values together and figure out what really means something to you other than having a life worth living, which I think is worth it. But also when you're dating, right? Here's something I did not understand as someone who was like, truly living my best sex in the city, Carrie Bradshaw life. I I was very queer and really fun and very New York City. A lot of cosmopolitans were drunk. But what I did not realize was that when I was dating people, I really thought in my mind, I was confused between the difference between dating and a courtship. And here's the distinction that I've drawn as an, an older adult, uh, figuring out what this stuff really means. So When you're dating someone, you're going out, you're having nice dinners, you're getting dressed up, if that's important to you, you're getting compliments, right? You're enjoying your time spent with this person. It does not mean anything is happening, right? Until you have a define the relationship, right? You're just spending time with someone, experiencing a present moment with someone. When I was all caught up in my expectations before I did Al-Anon recovery, before I understood like 
really what it means to just accept people for who they are. <laughs> I got really caught up in like, what's this going to be? Where's this going? Right? So if you're the kind of person who wants to date for marriage, and I think it's important to be clear if that's a goal for you, right? Because that makes you incompatible with someone who never wants to be married, who doesn't want to be in a relationship. It's really funny. I have this list. This is something I suggest to everyone who's single, who wants to create, you know, a life you love. Um, write down your list of who you want in your person, right? If Or your people, right? If you're poly, you can have people. Um, ideal dating situations, ideal person qualities, all those things. You can just write them all down. And what I forgot, because I used to review this list every time I was breaking up with someone, <laughs> I would go back to the list and be like, okay, what are we looking for? Um, and when Dara broke up with me the first time, uh, she, uh, like she decided she wanted to go on the road and be a single nomad and leave New York city. And I was like, okay, this is really good and hot, but okay. If you want to leave fine. Um, and I looked at my list and I realized that Dara was everything on my list. But I didn't put on the list wants to be in a relationship, wants to be in a committed relationship. And then now as someone who like is, has a lot of clarity about wanting children, I, I, I have on my list wants to be a parent and wants to be a good active co-parent too, because I don't want someone who's just going to show up, give me a baby and then, you know, I don't know, go somewhere else. Like I want someone who's like an active co-parent, frankly. Um, I need someone who's going to be an active co-parent. So, right. So those are things that are very important to me that go on my list. This is not the values list. This is the list of the person, right? Um, but your values, if you get your values clear, that's, what's going to help you understand if the person that you're dating is maybe someone you want to court and courtship, I would identify as, um, identifying and qualifying someone who you want to have a long-term partnership with, right? Like a courtship is an intentional connection for the purpose of deciding if you want to invest long-term in someone. That's different than dating. Dating, again, I mean, you can do the same stuff. You can go out, have fun, but you're having more meaningful conversations with more of an intention and a goal in mind um, of discerning whether or not this person is your person, right? And I learned, I'll say this, I think you all know that I'm a big Duggar fan, that I have been following and watching the Duggar family for many years. Um, as an only child with a single mom, I total, they're the opposite life of me, right? Like watching 19 kids in a family, they have 20 now, um, like growing up together, what's that like, right? But they have this really intentional culture around courtship, not dating. Um, and so I learned a lot about what it's, what does it mean to court from the Duggars? And it like gave me so much clarity that my like young queer heart I have a Scorpio. I, I my Venus is in Scorpio, and if you have your Venus in Scorpio, if you understand astrology, it is like the most devoted, loving, intense person, right? Like, there's like very few people who I think love as intensely as I can, um, and I found that frequently when I was dating. It's just an inherent incompatibility. If like one person is super devoted and the other person is not. Um, it does not create harmony. And I like harmonious relationships. Um, anyway, I just wish I had had that clarity younger. So this is another good reason why you want to get clear on your values so that you can see where you overlap. Because I believe a marriage relationship or a partnership relationship or a family relationship really is like an intersection of values and like moving forward in life together. And if you're moving forward with someone who does not share your values, uh, you're probably not going to be that happy and you're probably not going to live as harmoniously in your values. Um, I know quite a few people actually who have, were clear on their values when they got married and have very satisfying, happy marriages. And so I just want to say like, that's part of why I am so clear on my values now too. I'm just like, well, I want to have a happy life.